about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 324 That's three, it's two, it's four, it's the UNS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined as ever by Wolverhampton Wanderers extraordinaire. He is the reporter for the Expression Star and Shropshire Star at times as well. And um, it is Mr. Liam Keen. Keno, Keno, Keno. How's it going? I'd like to clap myself into the podcast as well. Why not? Be rude not yeah, of to. Of course. Yeah. How's it, how's it going, Bebe? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And it's a great place to start a podcast. Oh, yeah. Still quite knackered from Brighton. I thought it was, it was, was a long... I was going to say, my trip. first question to you on my list of um, scripting that I've done, uh, you know, it took me a good three or four minutes to write down uh, what we're doing uh, on this, um, was uh, how was your, your one-night bender in, in Brighton? Because <laughs> we, we got back, we got back at a ridiculous o'clock and someone decided to go out and I didn't see you till about 4 or 5 a.m. Staggering home. Yeah, I, I wish that was the truth. Um, instead, we both sat there till what half one in my no in about one bedroom. One ish in my in my room working in silence. In, in silence. Then you went off to go to bed. I sat on my phone for probably half an hour when I shouldn't have done. And then I was up at seven, lying in bed doing more work. So uh, yeah, it was quite one a second. Rewind, 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 rewind. So you said you finished your work and then you stayed up half an hour. More than you sh- than you should have uh, on your phone in the bed. What's going on? That's uh, that is incredibly poor from you. I'm, um, I'm asking what you're doing. Are you researching for, for for the Black Country Derby? What are you doing? What, what, are, you, what are you saying? <laughs> There's not much to research. Half an right? hour. It's a, it's a win, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was. Uh, I knew what you know. You know when you know you've got to get up. You yeah. know you've got to get up and do stuff. But then you end up just. Mm. Well, you wouldn't know this because you're still on MySpace, but I'm sat there on Instagram. Never had social media. I've I've never had social media ever. I've I've got Instagram, never had Facebook, never had MySpace. The only thing I've got is the the Twitter. The Twitter, yeah. The Twitter. And yeah, it it was just a bit of a quick turnaround. Then you got to do the drive home and then we went for some food and it was one of the best meals we probably both ever had. Uh, Well, I mean... (laughs) There was a a couple of incidents before that. Um, I'm in bed waking up. Uh, oh my about, about nine o'clock, and this is the worst nightmare. So we're in a we're in Airbnb. Air no, we're in a B and B, and we had. I mean, I don't know if someone saw me tweet the picture. It was lovely B and B. It was it was pretty pretty cheap, but rooms were lovely. Kino, you, a test very nice rooms. Yeah, Beautiful. I mean, my standards are low, but it was good. It, they are um, view of the view of the sea, gorgeous, really nice. And I'm in bed in the morning, just about to get up for our, like you say, as Kino says, our little breakfast, and. Knock on the door, like quick knock, and then bang, and some burly guy walks into my bedroom. I mean, I'm absolutely starkers. I mean, I'm under the sheets, but I'm starkers because uh, I don't like to sleep with clothes clothes on because you know it's, it just feels weird. So always, always you like that that little bit of a feel between skin and duvet. But I was just about to get out of bed to go to the bathroom. I mean, that would have been an absolute shocker. And he like looks, he goes, "Oh, sorry, mate, wrong room." I'm like, the lock was on my door. It was I couldn't believe it. So that would have been that was um that was a little bit scary, I'll be honest. Then we went to breakfast and it was even more scarier. Uh there was a chef who was there uh who had a a full-on breakdown, I think, while we were while we were trying to eat. Now you ordered a full English. I ordered overnight oats, 
and somehow it took 45 minutes for it to come. Now, I'm not I'm not a genius. I'm not a breakfast a breakfast um, let's say let's say expert, but overnight oats. You don't have to wait for overnight to get overnight oats. You don't have that to wait. My, for the that next was my day. joke at the time. That was my joke. You just nicked that. I was poor. That um, you were getting really stressed. You, you, I was getting annoyed. I, I was having a conversation with you, and I could see you looking behind me and and watching the chef. Well, and there was two uh, people. There were two tables, it. mate. There were two tables that were getting served, and both of them were waiting forty minutes. And one of them was something that's ready to go. Take it out of the fridge and serve it. My coffee. I like to have my coffee when I'm eating. We'd finished the coffee, so I was already annoyed. I'm one of those little quirks. So I felt like I needed to get an Americano on the house, but I didn't ask for it because I knew we had to get off. And then it came, and it was average. The food, it was okay. It was okay. Um, but he was stressed. He went to the bathroom three times while while it was going on. I'm like, you don't want to see a chef going to the bathroom three times, do you? It's not, I mean, it's, not you a, egg- it's not a good sign. Well, not when your egg was runny. Um, so not great, not great. Um, I was going to say, but he was getting stressed and he was shouting and he was having an issue. I guess someone had turned up, but I'm like, mate, there's only four people in there. And uh, it's quite funny. I'm going to let people into a little bit of a game that me and you play from uh, time to time. Uh, and that's it. How, it's called How Much? And this is a game that we play when uh, things are pretty... Not like, Maybe there's a lot. bit of a lull in proceedings uh, during a game or just genuinely when, we're wa- genuinely when we're walking around or whatever. So I played a How Much game with Kino. Um, bearing in mind this chef was, was pretty irate at the time. And I'm like, how much for you to pop your head into the kitchen and go, any chance, lad? Any chance? Just point to the old watch. I think we got to about four, five hundred pound, and you were doing it for five hundred quid. No, I, no, I would, I'd have done it for less than that. Okay. But you, you were re- you, your initial offer, your opening offer to me, yeah. was fifty pounds, and yeah, it was fifty uh, quid. And I thought, uh, I thought that might get you. Uh, you, I, I could tell you thought it would get me because you started mm. going, "I'll transfer you right now. I've got the money. I'll yeah. send it right now. I'll, I'll send, yeah. you're going to have it in your account in two seconds." And I was like, "Mate, that's that's nowhere near." I said, "I'll do two hundred. At that point, you were starting to get stressed, and then the food was not not far away afterwards. So, two hundred, I've done it. The money it does go well. quite big. The, the money does go does go up though. Um, I'll, I'll can I I can tell them. Can I tell? Yeah, I can tell them. So I we'll have we'll some. I mean, we'll, <laughs> I mean, there's some interesting how much. But um, so I'll say something like, let's say we're in the middle of um, a boring nil nil at Brighton. It wasn't boring, but I'm saying a nil nil. I would say to Liam, I'll turn around and it's a quiet and it's a throw in and you know nothing's happening. I'll go, Liam, how much for you to run down to the touchline now, strip off naked and run across the pitch? How much? And so then we have a full on conversation. This is just like a figure. Then we have to say, right, okay, we've got to factor in one. I've got to get down. Two, I've got to strip off. Three, if I do do it, then one, you're probably going to lose your job. Two. You can probably plead, I don't know, still a voice in your head or something like that, so you might get away with it. But then three, everybody's seen your, your, your tackle for the rest of your life. Four, there's a lot of pictures in there. Five, you're probably going to have to leave the country. Six, you'd never live it down. Seven, it's going to follow you everywhere. So how much for you to bring all that in and still do it? And we, we go to I'll, – I'll, so I'll do a how much for you to, to run naked at Brighton across the pitch. Kino, you ready? 1.1 million pounds tax free to do that. You, you quite like a 1.1. You've done that on a different one before as well. 1.1 million to do that. No, considering jobs gone. Ooh, I don't think you need million. to leave, leave the country or anything, but you are, you know, jobs well, gone. You're, you're tagged with it for the rest of your life, aren't you? 
Yeah, no, no one wants to see that. Fine. No one knows to see. No one wants to see an acorn at that time of the day. Okay, two point three million. Two point three million tax free. Yeah, I think for two point three, I think you'd have to do it. You can do it two point three million. Yeah, I think you'd have to do it for two point three. Well, maybe I'll stick a poll out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good that well. All right, Brian Neil Wolves Neil Keener. Uh, look, like I said, people would say a board draw, and uh, I spoke to a few people who went at the game. And they're like, "Oh, that wasn't that wasn't a great game." I actually thought it was a decent enough game of football, and considering that they got whopped six nil last season, four nil down at half time, I thought this was a marked improvement, and just shows really. Um, even though it was pretty uneventful game, as in, as in we won't really talk about it come the end of the season, uh, shows how far they've come under Gary O'Neill, Liam. Um, a comfortable nil-nil, really. I know that Brighton had the better of the first half, but overall, I thought Wolves had the better chances. They were they were predicting more on the XG. It was pretty close. I think it was 1.51 to about 1.48. But overall, you look at the goalkeeper in Jose Sarr, and he had to pick the, the ball out of the net, you know, six times last season. Um, and he was a relative passenger for most of the game. Yeah, it, it was a decent game, to be fair. There, there was lulls in both halves, which you'd expect with it, with it being nil-nil. And Premier League football is incredibly fast-paced. It does have these lulls occasionally. But overall, it was a decent enough game. There was, I thought it was two pretty good teams, to be honest, actually, mm. sort of trying to figure each other out and try and get the, the, the tactical upper hand on each other. Um, and Wolves played a very clear game plan. Um, they were clearly trying to counter. They were clearly having playing Neto as a nine and, and trying to run beyond the, the, the shoulder of the last man and, and, and just trying to break at pace to create those opportunities. And it worked quite a few times. And I think if Wolves had maybe a different decision here and there, Mateus Cunha a few chances, they'd have probably scored a goal. So um, Wolves had the better chances. Brighton had the better the first half. Wolves probably better the second half on the balance of it. Overall, a point was probably fair for the game. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it's a it's a marked improvement from last year. I mean, it was April, wasn't it? Um, end of last season when Wolves went there under Juvenile Petit. You Not quite safe yet at that point, I don't think. But they were near enough, weren't they? I think just before I think they game. were as good as safe. They were as good yeah. as safe at that point. And, and go there and lose... 6-0 and, I mean, get absolutely walloped as well. I mean, it wasn't even close. So, um, and, and also you consider the the recent performances and results against Brighton. Wolves lost 4-1 this season against them um, at Molyneux. Only Gary Neal's second game and first game at Molyneux uh, in charge mm. of Wolves. Obviously, the 6-0 was the one before that. Then before that, they lost 3-2 um, at Molyneux. Before that, they lost 3-0. So, Wolves going into this game had lost the last four in a row uh, in the Premier League against Brighton and conceded 16 goals in the process. So it's uh, normally a high-scoring affair and normally not in Wolves' favour, unfortunately. So to have got a clean sheet, to have come away from what is a tough place to go uh, at Brighton against a very good side who have got their own injury issues and players away at international tournaments as well. But they're a very good team with a very good manager. I think it was a very good point overall. Now three points and Wolves could have easily got them. Three points would have probably had us had us talking about Europe right now and where Wolves could go. But a point, I think, just nicely wraps up this period mm-hmm. of time where Wolves are now gone six games unbeaten and they're in a good place. They are in a very good place. Um, 11th in the table. And, you know, people say Brighton's having a bit of a down season. But remember, Brighton is still 7th in the table. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still in European con- um, positions this season with them having a down a down year. 
And that's with all the injuries they've got. So there's, that's still a very, very good point. And I said after this game that this could be a very good point come the end of the season. Yeah, they, they are, they're still 11th in the table, but level on points with 10th place Newcastle. Um, three points away from Brighton in 7th, Man United in 8th. And, you know, that's going to be where the Europe, Europa Conference League positions are. So it does give them, like you say, Liam, a little bit of that, that cushion and still get, keeps them six unbeaten looking up. And I think that's what they need to do. They need to look upwards now in the table and not below them. And there's actually, I know Bournemouth have got a game in hand, but there's actually that little bit of a gap now, Liam, between 11th and 12th. And Wolves are the bottom end of that top half, 29 points. And then you've got Bournemouth in 12th on 25 and then, it, and then it comes down from there. So they've got that nice little gap now. Now they've got, look, two games to come, Manchester United at home and Chelsea away, which maybe two or three years ago, you think point at best, hopefully. But even with even with Sunday, Man United at home on a Thursday night, the way that they've been playing, Chelsea away. And oh, I mean, they demolished my boys' borough last night, but, you know, Chelsea are not, they, those are two teams, 8th and ninth versus 11th. If they can get four points, three, even a win, and, a win and a loss, three points in there, they're going to still be right in that mix. And I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that. No, 100%. This team has proven time and again that that they can overcome adversity and overcome probably teams and, and positions that they're not expected to overcome. United, well, both teams, to be honest, but I think focus on United being the one that's at Molyneux and probably gives Wolves a better chance is that, um, you know, they've had their own issues this season. Of course mm-hmm. they have. Um, and by their own standards are way, way off it. Wolves should have beaten them first game of the season, ends up losing 1-0. Uh, obviously, had VAR intervened uh, in our views, would have had a penalty. Onana accosting ABHGBH. On Kalajic. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, but Wolves should have won that game on the chances, uh, regardless of that last-minute intervention or, or non-intervention in the end. And um, Wolves, have, particularly at home, have got this sort of air of invincibility at the moment. They cannot be beaten at home at the moment. They are harnessing the connection and the atmosphere from the crowd and the tactical... I think he's he's so astute, Gary Neal, and his tactical prowess going into each game yeah, allows Wolves, mm-hmm. I think, to get an opportunity in every single fixture they're playing at the moment. And that, if you just have that little slither of hope, even if it is going away to Man City and you're not expected to to win, but you you've got this little hope that Gary Neal and the players could could pluck something out of nowhere. That I think is almost a superpower in the Premier League for where Wolves are at, because Wolves should not be, if we're being honest, should not finish. 7th or 8th this season. They shouldn't even be finishing 10th, 11th, 12th. No, I agree. Based on the size of the squad and what happened in the summer, they should be down there and they are the opposite of that. And that it takes that that little moment, that switch when you're no longer looking down and you are looking up. And for Wolves, that came probably two or three weeks ago, maybe slightly earlier. But the fact that they have done that so early and are now looking above them is testament to the work that has been done. And And... I don't think. I, I mean, it's also the way that it's not just the the players and and the team and, and the trajectory they're on, but it's also us. I mean, when I look at the Premier League table now and I'm analysing where Wolves are at and I'm putting pieces together and I'm having a I think about what I can talk about and what I can write about this week. At no point has it ever crossed my mind of how far Wolves from the from the relegation zone in the last few mm. weeks. It's always been mm-hmm. how far Wolves from the next step up. Mm. Um, and at, at no point this season should Wolves be ever, I thought, 
doing that or thinking that. And it's come around incredibly quickly. When you say the next step up, does that include barbecue, does it? Is that your next feature piece? <laughs> Analyzing <laughs> what Judah might bring in, what, what hog roast he might be able to get. We did a costing of breakfast as well, how much it's going to cost and what we're starting to plan it out, which is crazy in itself. It's quite, it's quite fun at the same time. I'm sure we'll have, hopefully we can revisit those conversations. A um, couple of questions, Liam. Uh, first of all, how, how important were the light glasses that they wore for that in, in that nil-nil? A lot to be made of these light glasses. Uh, for the for the Wolves players, if anyone hasn't heard about that or read the articles, um, piece came out earlier this week about Wolves wearing, uh, I guess, light enhancing glasses or some kind of like um, you know light beam in the morning at breakfast and also for evening games um, on the way to the games to kind of wake themselves up a little bit. Very small gains, but this has been going on for quite a long time, which has come out this week. Um, but. Are you? Do you endorse light glasses? Have you worn light glasses? And have you got a little bit more information into the uh, the importance of light glasses or non-importance, apart from looking pretty <laughs> cool or not, uh, depending I, I on which like way you look at you, it? I like that you dropped non-importance in because um, I'm sort of sensing from your side of the table that you don't think it really does that much. Um, uh, look, it's minimal gains, minimal gains, minimal yeah. gains of gains. I mean, you'll, whether it's... I, I saw you in the gym the other day, I saw your bicep, minimal mm. gains, but it's there apparently. You tell me. If yeah, I'm not actually you know what I won't even go there because oh. it's incredibly impressive where I'm at at the moment. Um, Please, I'm I, not, I, people can see you now on Shots TV. They can see you now on they could they could see you now on Freeview two seven six. In fact, when I was at Brighton, Kino, um, I was looking around. We had Freeview in the TV, and I went down to two seven six, and there were shots there, so you can watch it any time. So if you, I mean, you talk a good game. You talk about your body being a temple. You talk. You flex constantly. I mean, now people can see you. I expect you to to at least. See, I'm not going to say the gun show, uh, but maybe the pistol show from time to time. No, the jumpers are staying on. My modesty okay. is intact. And let's just leave it at this. You've seen the pictures. You know. You've <laughs> you seen can't them. Put that out there. You know. You can't you know. put that out there. And at no point will I ever be sending those pictures to you because I know within five seconds they're on Twitter. So I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I wouldn't um, do that. I might put them, on, the, might put them out on X, not Twitter. <laughs> there you go. The yeah. yes, the light glasses. Um, mm. Look, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know really how much they do, but the idea behind them mm. is that the the body once it starts to go dark, the body and the mind sort of naturally start to relax and slow down because it's you know, time to go to bed or you know whatever it might be. So even in the in winter when it goes to goes dark at four pm, mm. um, there's that thing around people starting to feel more tired and and uh, it's an idea from the Wolves medical team, which has been around since Nuno's uh, time at Wolves. It's been around a while, just hasn't really come out. Um, and there was a, I think Gary let it slip in an interview and then there might be some pictures doing the rounds. And there was a, a few people talking about it, which prompted um, the questions to be asked. Um, yeah, Wolves have been utilising it. So essentially uh, wearing it, I think he said around breakfast time and then also before games as well, um, like 20, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. just to keep the mind alert uh, to make sure the players know or their bodies know rather than sort of subconsciously rather than consciously know that it's uh, not time to be switching off and it's time to be to get to be you know getting ready to to put in a lot of effort in a Premier League football match um, so obviously when there's a night game like there was on Monday night um, it's beneficial to to keep them alert obviously having not used them not been a medical professional it seems like maybe it's <sighs> scratching Oh, no, that's the wrong phrase. Sort of 
I don't know, clutching at straws, trying to trying to get the tiniest little bit of advantage. But that's not a criticism of Wolves because at this level, at this elite level, you have to try and get any kind of advantage you can. And whether Anything. it does nothing or whether it does the tiniest little bit, it doesn't really hurt anyone putting some glasses on for twenty minutes. So go for it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's, I just, I just kind of file it under, you know times that they eat they might they might change between like yeah. five and ten minutes more the last time that they eat before a game or isotonic drinks and tablets and all sorts of you know things work things don't work but if, if those all add up to you know 0.5 percent or one percent better over the course of the season then you know that that's that is um you know worthy in itself i, I think we should buy maybe buy a couple mate we can uh, see what they think a bit of a feature like glasses me and you day to day yeah if you, if you want to get the uh the credit card out mate you crack on I'll get I'll get the old national world out to to spread, to spread the love, mate. I'll see how we can do that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, might, I might get two words back in an email. And one of them is you. Uh, right. Um, look, um, Black Country Derby. Now, Gary O'Neill. I was uh, chatting to Gary O'Neill. You were talking to Maximilian Kilman, weren't you? Um, yes. In the in the tunnel beforehand, and we might speak about that uh, later on. Uh, but uh, I asked Gary O'Neill about the Black Country Derby, and it was great. It was a great line, and um, it's obviously kind of blown up on social media. But Gary O'Neill said. The lads fully understand how big the West Brom game is, and anyone who doesn't what doesn't will be made well aware. So it just shows, and he's talked about this for a while. He's he's been careful not to overegg the derby before it's the next game, but now the, the everything is in full motion now, isn't it? In full swing, and he knows how important this is. He gets it, Gary Neal. He gets how important it is to the fans. But I think the players do. And like you say, he's going to drum it into even a couple of players who maybe might not know how important this game is on Sunday. Yeah, because modern football means that you have a lot of players that are playing for a club but not from that area, whether it's elsewhere in the UK or from a different country, it can often mean that the players don't quite understand the importance locally of what a game like this uh, means to, to the the supporters and and the staff and everyone connected to to the football clubs. So it's really important that you have to get that message across to players. Um, now, the really good sign I saw was after the Brentford replay uh, win. Mateus Cunha spoke to, uh, I think he spoke to Wolves TV, I think, or he might have spoke to a broadcaster mm-hmm. either way. Um, and he said, I... I've played Brazil, Argentina. I've played Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. I now am desperate to play Wolves, West Brom. Wolves, West Brom, baby. Now Mateus Cunha gets it, um, mm. and that's something I've always given him a lot of a lot of credit for. Um, yeah, and he's not from the area. I'm not sure he would have had to be told. I don't think he would have known about it. I'm sure he would have been been told and informed. But I spoke to Max Kilman about it, as you mentioned, and and he mentioned Mateus Cunha. Actually, he said. He's really inquisitive. He, he, asks, he asks a lot of questions. He wants to know what's going on. So the players have told him, players like Max Kilman, uh, who obviously isn't from the area, but has been at Wolves mm. for a long time, and explained the importance. And now Cunha gets it. And now he's desperate to play. And now he's fired mm. up and ready to go. And I would expect that to be the case amongst the whole squad because there are players and staff in there, Max Kilman and Gary Neal being two very good examples, who I don't think will allow the rest of the players to not be aware of the importance of this game. So that um, that's exciting for me because had we come into this podcast and into this week leading up to the game and Mateus Cunha hadn't said that and maybe mm. Gary Neal wasn't as forthright in his press conference and maybe Max Kilman wasn't as uh, authoritative in his in- interview with me, then yeah. I'd be a bit, 
bit Maybe concerned about where the yeah, but a bit concerned about where the players are at, where their heads are mm. at, where the squad's at um, going into what is a humongous game. But I think it sounds like they're going to be right up for it, and um, and the Wolves fans will not allow them to be anything but right up for it because it's a it's a huge game. All right, it's a huge game. Hawthorns eleven forty five on Sunday. Bebe. Now we've got a little bit of a guest joining us. Um, going to come into the chat, um, which is um, can we give it? I was going to say a, a warm boo. round of applause, but boo, boo, <laughs> boo! Welcome to uh, Express the Star, West Brom reporter, Mister Lewis Cox. Lewis, uh, well, I'm giving him a minute. Look, 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 polite clap, polite clap. Thank you for Settle joining down, us, mate. Lads. Settle uh, down. Here we go. We've got a few Ooh, days yet. There's um look, I mean, thank you for joining us, first of all, Lewis, on, on your day off. We do we do Lewis Lewis, <laughs> by the way, if anyone doesn't know Lewis, he's been doing I'll be now for is it about th- three seasons or two and a bit seasons? Eight, eighteen months about, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen Eighteen months, and we like Lewis. Lewis is one of the people who, I mean, I don't know a lot of people at Express and Star. I don't know them by name, but we know Lewis. We worked with Lewis for 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 many years. So thanks for coming on, mate. Um It's a pleasure. Look, obviously we shall be um Arch enemies uh, on on Sunday, and we'll um, hopefully be seated well apart from each other. But no, we're looking forward to the game, mate. In all honesty, um, I just wanted you to, to. I was just thinking about this the day, uh, Coxie, and um, you know, you might be able to enlighten us, but just about how Albion have done this season. Actually, in terms of obviously different leagues, um, but their expectations and what they've delivered—it's kind of mirrored each other this season. I mean, me and Liam have just been talking. Uh, before you came on, about mm-hmm. where Wolves were expected to be this season, uh, which was towards the bottom of the table in a relegation battle, and you know they are they are going way beyond anyone's expectations and potentially being three points away from, you know, the Europa Conference positions. Now, West Brom, okay, for a different different reasons with you know finances and off the field, etc. But you know a lot of people thought that West Brom could struggle and, and slip down and, and be towards the bottom of that table, but. Fifth in the table. I know you didn't have a great game, you know, at Norwich on uh, last at uh, the weekend. But at the same time, they're they're way above what they what they should be. Would you say from from where you thought at the start of the season? Yeah. Hi, lads. Um, you bang on there, Nath, about being above expectation, really. And I think, despite the off-field issues, despite the ongoing takeover problems, despite Carlos Corbran, the head coach, being you know having his hands totally tied behind his back when it comes to windows and markets. There is still a good, you know, Wolves fans will look at Albion's team and squad on paper and there's a good championship squad there. You know, they've got good players because over the years gone by when they've had money to spend, they've been able to give out decent contracts for the level and attract decent players, probably until 18 months ago, to be honest. Um, So as a result of that, there's a, a core group of, what, 12, 13, 14, 15 players who are strong for the level and you'd expect them to perform, but there's a lack of depth. However... I mentioned him, the head coach, Carlos Corbran, as in his, what, I don't know, 14, 15 months in charge of the club, worked wonders, really. Picked up a, a club aside from Steve Bruce, his predecessor, who were, were languishing in the drop zone. They were very real League One fears, which um, which I'm sure brought a smart or two from your listenership at the time, to be honest. But but yeah, they, they were very real fears. And Corbran sorted it right out, uh, turned things around. Had a bit of a playoff push last season. Probably fell away, probably could have got there. And this season, I think, again, because of the being hampered in the market last summer, mm-hmm. unable to do much, really, un- unable to get you know, one permanent sign. And it was on a free transfer and a couple of loans, really, 
really hampered. Um, and it's it's been a largely excellent start to the season. Yeah, they're fifth as we speak, have been fifth for a number of months, to be honest. So in, inside that top six, which I think quietly behind the scenes was the target. I mean, the club need to get up for the money, if nothing else. So the, the takeover is happening and it's ongoing and we hope it happens soon. But the, the financial rewards and riches from obviously promotion and parachutes, which have run out at the Hawthorns, uh, is massive. So quietly behind the scenes playoffs is a is, is the target. But I think yeah, you know, we're all looking at it like a couple of injuries they're done. Surely, really, you know, there's no depth. Mm. Manager can't do anything to to bolster the squad. But um, he's built something quite quite special at the Hawthorns, and the fans love him for it certainly. It's interesting, one Liam. You, you can you can obviously come in and ask us you know, a couple of questions. But uh, talking about the game, and it's you know, like I say, both clubs have had excellent seasons so far from where they should be, and yet probably you ask most people what the biggest game of the season is up to date, and it is Sunday, eleven forty-five, Black Country Derby. Now, I don't know if you know this stat, but on Sunday it will be nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-six days since West Brom last won at the Hawthorns. So, you know, just since recently. West Brom last won at the Hawthorns. Since, since, since Wolves. Since Wolves last, <laughs> last won at the Hawthorns. In fact, Andy Thompson Quite was in that lit. team. Uh, <laughs> was, was, in that, was in that team. So, um, nearly 10,000 days since, since Wolves have gone there and won. Um, from a fan's point of view, an Albion fan's point of view, Lewis, uh, ear to the ground, what are their thoughts on the games, their hopes, their expectations. I mean, look, everybody's bullish and brash on social media, hiding behind the little the little icons and little pictures that aren't, aren't the faces. But realistically, you ask, you you know, a decent segment of West Brom fans, what do you feel that they would expect to hope for on the day? Nerves, to be honest, Nathan. I mean, perhaps not nerves as big as Wolves fans in terms of... I, Look, for, for obvious reasons, there's an expectancy with Wolves, isn't there, in this game, I think. And that's not me trying to pass the book of pressure or, or anything like that. But just in terms of you know, clearly the division, the quality of the squad, the depth, or all of that. Um, I suppose from a Wolves fan's perspective, it's, I don't know, I might be wrong, but right in the wrongs of, I mean, what's that, 1996, 27 years, is it? Um, 9,996 days. I mean, I know Albion mm. fans were very keen for the game to be four days later, just so they could, uh, just <laughs> yeah. so they could pass that Get into five figures. And, and celebrate that, yeah. So, uh, and the home faithful would be very happy for a replay just to uh, just to, to sneak a draw there, maintain mm. that unbeaten home record. But <clears throat> I think I think the most would say that they just hope their, their team can go out and, and give... Um, a sort of a hearty performance, you know, not be turned over and not be seen to have not shown up, not turned up, because nobody doubts the importance and significance of the game. Anybody uh, who lives or is from the area or connected to the area. I think as well, time, lads, really, in the fact that it hasn't happened for 12 years with a crowd there is is massive, really. I mean, mm. those, that 2021 season, you'd have probably both been there at the games, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's I mean, before my yeah, time. So it was the season before me, unfortunately. I was I was just after that season. Oh, of course you were. Sorry, Nathan would have been there. Yeah, coverage um, coverage was coverage was pretty good back then. But anyway, we'll see. <laughs> sorry, Keena. Sorry for like setting I'm him up. I'm used to it. I'm used to it now. Uh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Nathan, you know, and and the fans watching at home. Like, I, I remember mm. Alvin and Wolves fans watching from home that those days, and 
Um, I, like, I know it's a big deal from people's living rooms, but it's not the same, is it? Let's be honest. Sure. And um, yeah, I mean, in my lifetime, and and Kino would be the same as a as a Wolves fan. I mean, I'm I'm not a baggy, but I'm well aware that the the record is heavily in Albion's favour, isn't it? it uh, you know, certainly at the Hawthorns, as we just spoke about. But even overall, to be honest, uh, certainly in the FA Cup as well, isn't it? You look, you look, you look like Cup, yeah, it's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? I think it's eleven cup meetings and one Wolves win, eight Albion wins. So yeah. there's there's a lot of. Um, I mean, look, the overall picture of the clubs at the moment. Wolves have the the bragging rights, don't they? Of being in the top flight. Um, whereas I suppose you go back a few years, and Albion had had their sort of unbroken ten years, hadn't they? Or near two ten years, and. Wolves had obviously sunk to the third tier and had to come back. But things have swung now. Um, Wolves have got some things to write, I think, haven't they, of, of recent records. And Albion fans have, have enjoyed that. Fans of my generation have known no otherwise, really, of enjoying these derby days. But I think I think fans on both sides will have such sort of nervous energy. Mm. from fr- Probably from now, to be honest. I mean, we're in the week, aren't we? It's the middle of the week. Um, we're all feeling the build-up like crazy work-wise, aren't we? I'm probably just ready for it to be here now, which is a bit annoying yeah. because we have to do the build-up. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's going to be some occasion, isn't it? The atmosphere is going to be red hot. Um, it's a shame it's 11.45, but we, we kind of all get why. Yeah, um, of course. And and um, yeah, they'll be nervous, but I think I think in their heart of hearts, Albion fans know that clearly Wolves are the best side. If Wolves turn up with their quality, it could be a real, real problem. You know, I don't know things inside out, but the likes of Neto Cunha running up against mm. the Albion back line, who are having a tremendous season, mm. is is potentially a problem. If, if Wolves are on their day and the players are on their day, and it, it'll have to take something a bit special from, from an Albion perspective to deal with that, to live with that. But it happens in the Cup, doesn't it? It happens in derbies and, um, and we'll see. I think most of, from an Albion perspective, They'll probably deep down in their heart of hearts expect Wolves to have too much, but just expect their team to give it all, give it, you know, give enough not to be disgraced and embarrassed. And if they do go down, if they do lose, then just to have fought really and to have been mm. in the game. Look, Wolves could go 2 3 0 at the end, couldn't they? We saw Sunderland Newcastle recently, didn't we? I think that's a, a bit of a good um, sort of yardstick to, to compare it to. I don't think Sunderland were disgraced, really, were they? Um, did that finish 3 0? I, I don't it was think three 0 I think wasn't it, and I think um, didn't it take Newcastle a little bit to take score that opening goal as well? Was it late on in the yeah, first half? Yeah, they scored that? early in the second half as well, didn't they? Yeah, Newcastle yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sunderland to start that, but I think if you if you stick to it and you give it, be full blooded, give it one hundred percent, and mm-hmm. just don't be accused that you've not showed up or not give you all, you know, and, and then and, I suppose anything are... can happen. If if Albion are to cause Wolves any problem, I completely agree with you. By the way, with the sort of expectancy and pressure, it's something I've been banging on about this week. The, the pressure and expectancy should be on Wolves to go do something. And it's up to them to deal with it and to to go and perform. Um, but from an Albion perspective, who are the the danger men to to look out for? Who are the players that are going to cause Wolves issues on the day? I suppose a big one. I think that I can't get my head past, and and he's a name familiar. With yourselves, actually, and and everyone listen to this is Jed Wallace. Now, didn't have the longest or the, the biggest spell at Wolves, and it was a good while ago, wasn't it? But no secret, he's gone on to have a fabulous career since. Really, obviously, mostly with Millwall, and he's now club captain at the Hawthorns. So 
he's in for a big day, I think. And as soon as the draw was made, I think Jed Wallace knew exactly what was um, on the line here. Should Wolves get the job done against Brentford? Um, we're speaking with him on Friday, actually. So I, I look forward to that. And we'll have an interview to bring uh, an express and start before the game. He's a quality operator at this level. Yeah, despite advancing years, I think he's late twenties now. He's quick, sharp, you know, movement. Um, whoever's left back for the for Wolves, I saw something about Ike Nori. Is he back from Afcon? Oh, Possibly. he's on his way back. Could be he's on his, his way, way back. back. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to keep you guessing. We'll have to keep you guessing. We'll okay, see, okay, mate. okay. Albion have got their own sort of uh, Afcon things hanging in the balance with Dean Garner. Actually, today he plays his last game and might be on the plane home. Might you know might qualify out there. Um, but yeah, Wallace. As well as the movement, his delivery is just 99% of the time on the money. You know, he whips in any type of cross. And that Albion aren't free flowing, sort of free scoring goal scorers under Corbrand. They don't tend to win big. Um, many of their wins tend to be by the odd goal. They don't create that many, but they tend to make at least one count type thing. And perhaps that might work against them on Sunday in terms of I don't expect Albion to have too many chances, but they really have to be clinical when it arrives. And, and, Certainly, Jed Wallace from one flank, typically the right, is is the real sort of creator in chief. John Swift, another sort of championship stalwart, who, from a technical perspective, spent a lot of his career at Reading, former Chelsea youngster, has, from a technical point of view, has, in my view, Premier League class in terms of touch, pass, vision, technique, all of that. It's just the pace of the game for him. Can he can he get up for that? And and I'll give you another little one. I'm I'm writing about this. We're doing a bit of a a scouting piece, aren't we, in the days to come? And got a youngster called Tom Fellows, Albion, 20 year old out the academy. A bit of the Wallace mold, to be honest. Uh, a bit of a young Ched Wallace, um, but can go both ways, both footed, on, on the radar of Premier League clubs. We've had a lot of availability issues in attack this season, Albion out wide. So Fellows has had his chance, he's grasped his chance, and he's flying. And if I was to name an 11, he'd probably make it. Oh, certainly a, a half-hour cameo from the bench against maybe more tiring legs. And I think Fellows could play a big old part. Uh, maybe one side with Wallace, the other. I think that could be that could be really exciting. So he's one to keep an eye on, certainly. And he's set for a, a real career. He is the young lad from the academy. So uh, up top, it'll either be Brandon Thomas-Asante, as we expect the 10-goal top scorer, runs himself into the ground, will not give the Wolves centre-off a minute of peace. You know, but but that's where Albion are. You know, just over a year ago, Thomas Asante was playing in the fourth tier with Salford. Albion had to sniff him up for you know a couple of hundred grand, and he's gone on and done very well for them. And he's a real workhorse, can score goals. And to to me, actually thinking about Thomas Asante is perfect for these derby games. You know, Wolves sort of rock up thinking they're in for a bit of an easy one, and he'll he'll get stuck in certainly. Um, but we we'll see Daryl DK Lewis. Oh, um, I mean, oh, obviously he's been. So, is it, could we see Daryl DK? I mean, obviously he's had some horrific injury problems, and we won't go, yeah. you know, too much into them. But USA International, probably one of the more well-known players, I guess, for me. If, if Wolves fans are looking at, at Albion, because you know, obviously prominent figure, could brought in for big money, uh, hasn't happened for him. Uh, was on the bench, I believe, at Norwich. Do you feel that they might be thrown into a derby for fifty or sixty minutes, or do you think more likely from the bench? Yeah, so he's had a couple of cameos from the bench. Started in the uh, the last round of the cup, actually, when Albion played Aldershot. Came back and marked his return with a goal. Three awful absences, as you say. Um, I think he's potentially physically ready to start the game, but I'd expect him to be more from the bench, if I'm honest. Um, I think he's only started against Aldershot, so perhaps a big ask to go then and for the first start to be against Premier League opposition. You know, he's not mm. quite been deemed ready to start in the Championship yet. Seen two Championship cameos. So I think 
no, he, he's, as you rightly say, a £7 million recruit. He knows where the goals are. When he's been fit for Albion, which has admittedly been not very often, he's an instinctive striker who knows where to be between the posts. If Albion are, you know, if it's level, Albion are a goal down and you know, Corbrand's bringing him on for Asante, alongside Asante, with, with half an hour, 25 minutes to go, you back DK to be in between the posts for something to drop his way. You know, he, he knows where to be and typically things fall his way. So perhaps that's a little bit of a trump card, you know, something up the sleeve. Be very surprised to see him start, but he is in and around it as far as I, I understand. So I, I was speaking with my my Albion colleague, Johnny Drury, yesterday on, on our podcast, actually. And and Johnny sort of backed DK to be to be the man, you know, the romantic storyline after kind of eight, two years, really, of injury hell in the black country to to have his moment here. So I don't know, maybe watch this space, but uh, is that too romantic? I don't know. Maybe. No, we'll, we'll see. Well, maybe a little bit too romantic, but I like it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've got your own podcast. You've got, you've got to push them. It's fine. Um, last, well, last one, Foxy, because I'm keen, I'm keen to, uh, uh, I'm keen to, to let you get back to your, to your day off. Uh, finally, Coxie, obviously it's West Brom. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers. We do this every single week. So ask yourself first, can we have the first prediction for the game for the black country derby on Sunday, please? I am going to say 1-0 Albion. <laughs> of course you are. Thank you very much, I, mate. I, on that, on ask that ask note. yourselves, would I be allowed in the Hawthorns if I'd have said otherwise? Gentlemen. Fair point. Fair That's point. Fair Thank point. You. Fair point. I mean, I, I thought you might say, you know, um, get a draw and then get the gate receipts for Molyneux because you need it. You know, you know, you'll already find that. <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> terrible, man. <laughs> Uh, oh no, it's going to be good, Coxie. Uh, looking forward a, to seeing you, mate. I wouldn't mind a we'll replay, see you. gents. I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind a replay. <laughs> I don't know. There's too much work going on a replay. It's been it's been well. busy enough this week. Coxie, thank you very much, mate. We'll see you soon. We'll see you Sunday. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers. Uh, that was Lewis Cox, um, West Bromwich Albion reporter extraordinaire um, and um, top man. Um, so we will see them. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of us going on. Uh, on Sunday, five strong uh, expression stars. It's a big team, isn't it? <laughs> it's a big team. It's a big team. Uh, look, you know, let, let's move on to Wolves now. Then, uh, thank you very much, Lewis, for that. And it's you know, it's interesting to see what he says there um, about Albion. I do think they mirrored each other to a certain extent in in the way that the divisions um, and their expectations in the division have happened this season. But Coxie, um, Liam, let's just get back to nitty gritty here now. And like you said, Wolves need to go here. And they need to go win this game. Now, I understand. And, you know, I put a poll out. We put the poll out. I think we discussed the poll actually last week. And we said um, that when this came out, some fans will actually want a, a draw because they'll want to see the replay. Because, look, this is the hottest ticket in town. I've, I mean, I don't know about you. I've never been so popular in DMs. I've, the amount of DMs I've had from people who are coming in, asking for tickets, saying, I can pay you this, I'll pay you that. I mean, we could have made a bit of money, to be honest. Liam, it's still coming uh, if you want. It's unbelievable what you mean. Uh, <laughs> Joe Bloggs next to you in the press box. I'm, I'm, I'm back on holiday. Happy days. But look, it's um, you can understand it. Look, four thousand tickets, and um, you know, people. Some people will want to replay because they'll want to get back to to Molyneux and make sure that make sure that they see it and have a full house and, and maybe beat them there. But I think in terms of what Wolves want to do, of course, what we want to do. And look, the pressure is on them, but they need to go there and win this game, don't they, Liam? Yeah, I think my biggest argument against not wanting a replay um, 
aside from us having loads more work to do again, is that we've won there since '96. Mm. You've got to go and and, and break this pretty yeah. dismal Could record do. of winning at the mm. Hawthorns. You've got to uh, one day it's got to happen. You've got to go in there and do it. And Wolves are going to have few better chances than this one to go and do it. So so that would be my first argument. The second one is same as I said there to to Coxie. Same as I've said all the way through this week, and I'll continue to say we'd be doing Wolves a disservice if we give them a free pass on this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we if we let them if we let them off off the hook. If we say ah, you know it's a derby game. You know, yeah. Just don't lose it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bare minimum, get a draw, get a replay. Wolves should mm-hmm. be winning this game, and they should mm-hmm. be winning it fairly comfortably. If we're being brutally honest, mm-hmm. and by fairly comfortably, I don't mean they go there and they win five nil. It's easy walk, go home, not a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. It's a derby. Five one. So five one be... Give them a five one. <laughs> Five one, five one would be pretty good. It's a, yeah. it's a derby. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect early goals, for example, similar to the to mm. sort of Newcastle Sunderland game we were talking about there. I'd expect it to be quite tense, quite tight. Um, I expect Wolves to have a lot of possession, but I don't expect Wolves to necessarily absolutely dominate the game and go and create four, five, six big chances first half and, and should be two, three up. Mm. But if Wolves go there, win two nil. That to me is fairly comfortably. So, yeah. uh, and that, in fact, that's my prediction. I've, I've, I've jumped the gun there, but it's fine. Um, so, so for me, you have to put that pressure on Wolves. You have to, because they're the Premier League team. They've clearly got the better squad, regardless of, you know, obviously being a little bit light. And if Eight Nori comes back and has any minutes at all on the pitch, it's a massive bonus for Wolves. But you have to put that pressure and expectation on Wolves to go there and win. And if they don't, we will react, analyse, criticise if needed um, after the game. Uh, it's up to Wolves now to go do the business. Yeah, and I think like like Gary says, you know, a lot of these players do get it. They're looking forward to it. It's going to be, I, th- I think, to be honest, Liam, Wolves can only beat themselves in this game. I, I genuinely think that. Like, if they let the occasion get to them, if they have their their heads down, if they if they make the mistakes, if they're ill disciplined, and look, Wolves have had some issues recently with discipline. If they're ill disciplined, if they somehow get themselves, you know, an early booking or you know, we, you know, like say sending off in the game, then then all of a sudden it's a, it's a completely different game, and all of a sudden you you're down to ten men, you're at Albion, no VAR in this game. Um, so look, whether, whether that helps Wolves or not, it should help Wolves, but you know, the way things have gone this season, it, you know, it, it may not. You've got to be very, very careful. And I think you're right, they need to settle in. And if that takes them 20 minutes to settle into this game and get to grips with the atmosphere, to get to grips with with how the game's going, to get to grips with how Albi want to play, which I assume will be pretty physical, um, then then so be it. But I, I do completely concur with you that Wolves should. And will I think win this game? And I think they'll win it by a decent margin. Um, second half, Pedro Neto, Mateus Cunha. I mean, look, Pedro Neto is let's be honest, one of the best players in the Premier League. Um, that's why he's been linked with with moves to Manchester City or Arsenal. You know, 50, 60, 70 million pounds at the end of the season. Mateus Cunha is a Brazilian striker international who's at the top of his game. Who, yeah, missed a couple of chances on Monday night, but is playing the best football of his career. They should not have a problem going here, and they shouldn't have a problem scoring goals. Um, should and could and, and will is a, a completely different words, but exactly. I, I do I do feel that that the 
I would say what's the facility, what's facilitating them now in in the fact that Gary O'Neill and the fact that you know he gets it and the fact that maybe no disrespect to, to Bruno or even even Julian to a certain extent, I don't think he will understand how important the Black Country Derby is. If, if Julian got a Black Country Derby, I, I don't think so because you know he's from the outside looking in and he'll want a big game and he'll know that it's a big game for the fans, but. Gary O'Neill, he's been around it. He's been in English football all his career. He knows how big some of these local derbies are. And, and like I say, it will be hammered home to these players. Um, in terms of in terms of squad, you, you touched on it there. Ryan Aknuri, so Algeria, if people didn't know, uh, went out of the African Cup of Nations on Tuesday night. We're recording this Wednesday. Um, so, you know, we don't know exactly the movements. You might know, Liam, but I'm sure we'll hear later today. But I assume that he'll be on a plane back pretty soon. May probably today, if not tomorrow. I personally, I think I don't think that's enough time for, to to see him start on Sunday. And I feel like Gary Neal will probably want to start with um, Matt Doherty or Hugo Bueno, probably Matt Doherty in that left back left wing back spot. But I do expect him to be on the bench. We saw a very young bench against Brighton on on Sunday on, on Monday night, and I feel like probably he will help with that. Um, and obviously be a great option as and when down that left-hand side flank, whether it needs to be you know ahead of a Dock or a Bueno or, of course, in that left wing-back slot. But it does give Wolves one extra body, hopefully, uh, coming into this game. What's your overall thoughts on the team? Do you expect it to be the 11 that we saw against Brighton? Or I guess the main... I mean, look, he's going to go as strong as possible. I think, that, that, I think that's important. So I'm going to disregard like a Santiago Bueno and that kind of thing. The main, I guess the main concerns or the main issues or the main selection problems that, that he may have. One, that left wing-back slot, not just not just Bueno, Hugo Bueno or Matt Doherty, but you're throwing Ryan Ignore into the mix now. So what are your thoughts on that? And also potentially up top, Pablo Sarabia, you've got Bellegarde coming on there. Sarabia had a, didn't have his best game, I didn't think, but Bellegarde didn't do too much. I would say that those are the two main selection issues or, or thoughts that, that Gary Neal will have. The floor is yours, Mr. Liam Keane. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, just on Ryan, um, I dropped a few messages around to try and see if and when he'll be flying back, whether Wolves will give him a couple of days off, whether he'll fly back straight away. Um, haven't got the answer yet, so if I get anything, I'll tweet it out after the podcast or we'll have something, hopefully, with the press comments tomorrow, Thursday as well, with Gary and Neil. Um, but looking at how it has worked in the past, um, looking at international breaks, which I know slightly different in the sense that the team aren't playing, um, but it isn't really too much different in, in terms of the days. Looking at Hwang Hee Chan as, a, as an example, um, going all the way to, out to South Korea or wherever South Korea are playing at the time, um, he would often come back on a, a Thursday or a Friday. And if Wolves are then playing on a Sunday, he has started the game. So mm-hmm. taking that into account, I would, at this point uh, in, in in time, until I hear otherwise, I would expect Ryan Eknori to be in the squad. But I agree with you. I don't think it'll be from the start. I think no. it'll be from the bench. And Yeah, um, yeah and up top. I think it's exactly the same. To be honest, I think the 11 we saw at Brighton is the 11 mm. we see on Sunday. The reason being for that is it's a small squad. You've got limited options to change. And the only options you've got, really, are left wing back. I think Doc keeps his place. Don't think he did badly at Brighton, but did mm. okay. Um, Hugo Bueno probably... The fact he didn't play at all uh, at Brighton would suggest maybe they'll bring Hugo Bueno in, but I would expect Doc to keep his place. Um, mm. And then other than that, with Jao Gomez suspended, you don't make a change in midfield. The only other option, as you've said, is does Bellegarde come in or does a Nathan mm. Fraser come in? But I, I think that's very, very unlikely. So as far as I'm concerned, it's quite an easy decision, actually. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. Sarabia has been in excellent form up until that Brighton game. He wasn't mm-hmm. particularly great, but otherwise excellent form. Bellegarde is a player I really like. I like what he offers. I like that he's versatile, but I don't think he's found his position in the last few weeks. And that's because he's been having to drop in as a number nine and having to move around positions and, and, and help the team out really. Um, every squad needs that and needs a player that can do that. So I appreciate him for what he is. And, um, and I think we'll see the better of him going forward when Wolves have got maybe a slightly bigger squad and they can play him in the right positions. But all of those reasons combined for me, Pablo Sarabia keeps his place. The well, one thing I would be potentially tempted to do, and I, by the way, I don't think Gary O'Neill will do it, but I'd be potentially tempted to play Cunha central and move Neto out to the left. Now, the only reason, well, the main reason he won't do that, I don't think, is because he's keeping deliberately everything he can do at the moment. He's deliberately keeping Cunha on that left flank mm-hmm. for very, very good reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, the other reason that I don't think he'll do it, is that it was quite a fluid through and free anyway at Brighton. Neto was drifting out wide. Cunha was moving centrally and moving out to the right. He was very, very fluid and they were able to mix and match and be free-flowing. So um, I think he'll keep it as it was and Neto be a nine, Cunha on the left. But that mm-hmm. is maybe a question mark of whether he does bring Cunha more central and give Neto more of a more of a straightforward task to do. And that's yeah. not a criticism of his of him as a player, but I think do think he's quite a a linear thinker. I mm, think I give, him, give him that one task, leave him on that flank and say, right, that fullback is your man. I think Neto will have a potentially barnstorming game and maybe his best game since coming back from injury. So that's the, the small question mark I'd have on the positioning, but starting at 11, I would expect to be the same at Brighton, as Brighton rather. Yeah, uh, I've got a few questions in about, about Huang Hee Chan and his availability. Look, I mean, South Korea play Malaysia tomorrow. Um, if Malaysia win, which is very unlikely, but if they do win, then South Korea would probably be out the tournament, depending on other results. So um, th- there is there is a tiny opportunity potentially for Huang to get back and potentially might be on that bench. I, I think it's you know you're looking at less than three, two, two or three percent to be honest. Um, but so so expect you know Huang Hee-chan to 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 continue his journey in the Asian Cup and, and not be available for this game. And, and to be honest, we'll, we'll probably miss at least two Premier League games as well to come. So um, but Ryan Nuri is, is a big bonus and let's be honest everyone was buzzing when Algier went out last night apart from maybe Ryan Nori. Ryan Nori <laughs> might be buzzing as well I don't know but um it's uh yeah it's it's a it's a big bonus to have someone who's who really from from being banished aside to a certain extent um under under Julian has come back and been is, is really Wolves' number one left wing back. There's a horses for courses approach from certain teams but I think that really now you probably put Ryan Nori there in any game. Uh, so fair play to him, and um, yeah, big bonus for for Wolves potentially on Sunday. Um, we'll, we'll 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 do the predictions etc. at the end of the game. Although you've end of the game, end of this podcast, but you've obviously said yours anyway. So we'll just um, we'll we'll cancel that out, and we'll we'll I'll build it up again. It uh, but but um, the important thing is as well. Like, look, it's crazy. We've got the Black Country Derby. I've been thinking about Man United on Thursday, and also we've got transfer deadline day on Thursday as well. So it's going to be insane. Um, now let's move across to transfers. Gary Neal said that he was very, very confident of getting one in, and uh, potentially even two, but one in. Very, very confident when I was talked about getting a number nine, and of course when they've, when they've drawn nil nil, they haven't scored, and your two strikers have gone to gone to um, to Scotland and Germany, then of course there is a want there. I would have thought that Wolves would have probably, maybe Gary Neal would have thought that he might have had one in by now. He hasn't. Um, I wonder, 
he seems very bullish on it, but it's been quite secretive. I know there's been talk about Che, Cam che, che Campbell, Che Adams, and a few others, but it's gone a bit quiet, Liam. Are you concerned it's gone a little bit quiet, or are you quietly confident, like Gary Neal, that they will get one in? And if, if and when they do, when do you think that will be? Do you think we're going to have to be waiting up right until Thursday at eleven o'clock after Wolves have beaten Man United, or do you expect some some movement in potentially the next three or four days? Yeah, as expected in January, it's never easy to do this kind of business. But I think Wolves have to and will bring one player in um, at a striker on, on loan. Um, as Gary Neal sort of alluded to after the Brighton game, they sort of needed to move a couple on to have the wages and availability to bring someone else in. So albeit it was a risk letting Sasha and Fabio go without a replacement, there was a, a sort of practical reasoning for it as well. And they, I think they they have to do it because I think they just need the added depth and a bit more, you know, uh, options of the squad. Um, but Gary Neal obviously clearly wants it, is desperate for it. The club are aware of the importance of it. But he's also got to bear in mind that managers often send messages in, in press conferences. It was his opportunity there to be quite bullish on it and say, I'm very confident we'll get someone in because it put the pressure on Wolves to go and get someone mm -hmm. in. Um, mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Gary Neal wants. So I think it's important to look at it from both ways. He has been very quiet. And there's people, lots of me and lots of other very good journalists who are all trying to find the answers and find mm -hmm. who who Wolves are interested in and, and, and are bringing in. And there's a lot of moving parts. To I mean, it's eight days January. to go. It's only eight days. Exactly, yeah, to January transfers. So it's, it, it's difficult to say. It, Something could happen tomorrow. Something could happen on transfer deadline day. It, it's really that tough to call because there's so many falling. You know, the dominoes have got to fall, moving pieces. Things have got to happen for clubs to make players available, and the, and the kind of players that Gary and Neil is going to want to make this team better. And he's made that point already. It has to be a player that comes in and is going to improve what I've got here. Mm -hmm. And there's not many players, to be honest, that are going to be able to do that, uh, especially players that are available in January. So it's um, I, I would. I would hedge my bets to say Wolves will bring someone in, um, and we're just we're just working to to find out. So <laughs> we just look. It's a funny one though, isn't it? Because um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Chuera came on for his Premier League debut on you know on Monday night, and Gary Neal kind of alluded to this um, after in, in his post match press conference, saying, "Look, we need um, we need some bodies in there. We need we need a bit of quality." Uh, I'm looking to Pedro Neto. Had to bring him off. You know, he was tired. I couldn't I couldn't you know keep him on the pitch any any longer. Um, Chiro did really well, but you know I probably need someone to to come on and make bit, a bit more of a you know have a bit more of a senior figure really who's who's maybe scored some goals at, at top level. But that and when we've we've kind of chatted about this before, but you've got Juan coming back in, you've got um, Mateus Cunha, and you've got Pedro Neto. Those are your front three starters. Now you know barring injury or, or a massive loss of form, those are your front three starters. Ninety five percent of the time, you think for the rest, you know. For the for the rest of the season, so that means Pablo Sarabia and Balagard are probably going to be on the bench. You've got Nathan Fraser there, and if you're a striker, whether that be in the Championship or abroad or in the Premier League, even, and you look at that and you think, well, let's look at the system here. And you've got a manager. If they want their players to play, you talk about maybe you know Wolves wanting their their loanees to go and play, not just sit on the bench. Well, you know it's the same for for other managers as well. They want to see their players play. And I can't see, unless you're signing a top-class striker, which I, I don't think that will be the case. I don't think there will be a, 
a, a guaranteed starter that Wolves are going to sign. You're looking at cameos here and there. And I'm not sure there's too many people would be would be really desperate to to be coming to go and do that role. I mean, there are people who will be quite happy to come and sit on a Premier League bench. Don't get me wrong, but if you're talking about someone who's going to make a difference, it might be more difficult than they think. Yeah, it's a good point. There's there's a couple of things that will, I think, maybe have a slightly brighter outlook for this striker coming in. One is that provided they're the kind of striker that we're expecting Gary Neal to want, there won't be anyone else like them in the squad. So they will be um, unique in that sense. And there'll be someone that Gary Neal, I think, will turn to quite often, whether that's from the start or from the bench. And the only other thing is that Huang has been the sort of makeshift number nine. I think they mm. clearly see Huang as someone who would play out on a flank rather than being an out-and-out out number nine. I think the long-term ambition would maybe be to to drop the five at the back and to play Cunha off a number nine, Huang and Neto either side of them. Now, obviously, next season, one or two of those players may not be with Wolves, depending on how the interest goes in the summer. But that would be, I think, the potential long-term ambition to, to move towards that and a slightly different look for Wolves which Gary Neal, I think, wanted to do, to do originally and then realised he couldn't with the players he had and the sort of you know squad size he had. So that those would be the sort of examples I would I would say if I was trying to bring a striker in and say there's a, there's opportunities for you here to come in and make a difference. The problem is, is it going to be from the start straight away? Probably not. And then does that limit the impact they can have? Then if they have an okay loan spell and Wolves maybe want to bring them in permanently, for next season, do they have enough time to to impress enough to make that move, or do they want to stay because they've had enough game time? Well, there's a lot of things that you have to take into account signing players. So, I think there's definitely a role for a number number nine here, but maybe you don't go for that number nine that is expecting to start every week, and mm. that to me adds another factor that makes it difficult to bring someone in because you've then you've got it being January, you've got other clubs wanting number yeah. nine, you've got the likelihood of a club wanting to loan a player out, all of these things mm-hmm. that make it difficult to bring a player in. And then on top of that, you've got the guaranteed game time you can give that player. Um it makes it a very difficult signing to make. I think hence why Wolves have not brought anyone in so far. Yeah. Um in terms of bringing people in, uh, I know there's plenty of names been banded about. Just give us a little update. And look, I'm conscious of time, and, and there's so much to discuss th- this week, last week as well. So, you know, we're going to have to hurry things up a little bit. But in terms uh, of signings and players that have been talked about coming in and also leaving the club, um, any updates on those, Liam? Yes, um, very quickly. So Noah Lamina, who of course is the younger brother of Mario Lamina. Um, came out very early in January that Wolves were in talks with PSG to sign him on loan with an option to buy. Um, it's not been Wolves' priority by any means. Obviously, bringing a striker in has been the biggest priority. Wolves also want a winger as well, but obviously may or may not happen. Um, but it is something that's been sort of in the background. And it's hit a, a slight problem in that... Uh, to in in the, in the post post sorry Brexit market and bringing players in, they have to now have enough GBE points to get a visa. Mm-hmm. Considering his age, considering he's played one game for Sampdoria in the Italian second division on loan, um, he hasn't played enough senior games and he hasn't got a sort of big enough international profile 
to yeah. meet the criteria of points to have enough points to get a visa. So it's become a bit of a sticking point. On top of that, I, as far as I'm aware, I don't believe you'll have enough points to be able to appeal. So you need 15 points to get a visa. If you get between 10 and 14, you can appeal. I don't think he'd even have enough to appeal. And if he okay. did have enough to appeal, I don't think there's any guarantee a panel would award a uh, a visa. Mm -hmm. The slight caveat on top of that is that there were new rules brought in in summer last year. Depending on how many English players a club is playing, they can have between zero and four. Um, well, yeah, I'll tell a max of four is probably a better way of phrasing it. Um, they can have uh, up to four um, players come in that would be not eligible for a visa, but you can still sign them anyway. Okay. Um, so Wolves would be in line for a couple of these players, uh, at least. Um, I believe Enzo Gonzalez fell under that category. Mm -hmm. um, but it remains to be seen whether Wolves will actually take that option to bring Noah Lamina in. And I'm not convinced at this stage they will. It's So it's very much up in the air mm -hmm. at this stage, unlikely that he comes to mm -hmm. Wolves, but I wouldn't completely rule it out altogether. So okay. visa issues are the, the main reason, but there's with that exemption option, they do have the option of potentially making it happen. So it's one to to, to watch, I think, for the, for the last eight days of the window. Um, and then the... Big sort of news in terms of outgoings would be Johnny Castro Otto. Johnny's um, obviously in, under contract at Wolves till 2025. The mm -hmm. reality is, in terms of concrete interest from clubs in purchasing Johnny and spending money on Johnny, is next to nothing. Um, Wolves cannot get him out for love nor money. And the clear option that is now becoming available to him if the player chooses to take it, which as of last night when I was checking with a few people, it seemed that it was still a question of whether he was going to take it or not, would be to go to Pauk, who are the Greek club. It would be to go on a, on a free. So it wouldn't be Wolves con cancelling his contract. It would be Wolves allowing him to go for nothing, basically. Um, because if Wolves cancelled his contract, they'd have to pay him out. Mm -hmm. But instead, allow him to go for nothing. But then the mm -hmm. biggest sticking point there is over his wages. He's on, of course, good wage, good wages at Premier League club, and he more won't be on you. the same wages just. anywhere near. Just a little bit more than me. He won't be on anywhere near the same money um, mm. in Greece. So the proposal that is there now at the moment, uh, as far as the clubs and the player are concerned, if the player agrees to it, is that Johnny will agree to go to Pauk. He will sign a contract there. He will no longer be a Wolves player. He right. will be on considerably less wages but Wolves will still continue to pay part mm -hmm. of those wages mm -hmm. and to top them up, basically, as an incentive for him to leave. So Wolves would pay... It, Wolves would still have to pay part of his wages, even though he's not a yeah. Wolves player anymore. Um, but it would be the option for them. In the long term, they would save money because they're not paying his Premier League wages and he's no longer at the club. Um, they would spend a little bit in the short term. Long term, they would save. But it would be an incentive to get him out of the club, basically. Um, and it's something they've been working on. So... It's um, as far as I'm aware, the ball is in Johnny's call as to whether he takes that or not. Um, those wages would still be less than what he's on now, but it would it would be more than he would get in Greece without Wolves topping it up. So, it's uh, it's up to the player, and I think Wolves are quite keen to to get this one done. Sad end, really, for Johnny. Um, and look, yeah, this is this is probably more. Um... This is seen a lot in American sports in the way that the Wolves would, would, would kind of uh, structure that deal. Um, maybe not too much. Um, the fact that, you know, he'd go on a free, he would sign a contract, but would still be 
you know, a Wolves player to a set. Well, it wouldn't be a Wolves player anymore, but it's very, very interesting way that, of, of doing it and complicated way of doing it. And, you know, it's a shame, really, because Wolves are still paying him money and they're not getting anything back from it. You know, you 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 still want him in and around the squad. I mean, I'm sure that Johnny, uh, fit Johnny without this incident, would have would have made quite a few squads recently, actually. Um, but, yeah, sad way, really, for him, for him to go on, whether he takes that deal or not. It's... Um, you know, maybe it's the best for for all parties. I, you know, if you told me that Johnny was going to be um, on a massive disciplinary at the start of the season, he would have been one of my last people on the list, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. Thanks very much, Liam, for for letting us know. Um, okay, should we move on? Yes. Move away from the uh, window um, and uh, a little bit of keen or not keen, and we'll do questions and we'll do predictions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Keen or not keen? Quick one. Keen or not keen? Um, Pre-match breakfast in Dorridge, keen or not keen, before the Black Country Derby? Um, oh, it's a tough one. It's You've got free food at Hawthorns or having to pay for food. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. But then the food would be better. Mm. Sourdough. But then it, oh, avocado thought, smash. Steak chopped on across. I could also of... have two breakfasts as well, couldn't I? Well, I think that's the more likely option. Keen. Oh, he's keen. He's keen. Of course he's keen. Of course he's keen. Keen or not keen? Liquidator return Sunday. <laughs> um, the only reason... I, genuinely, I don't know whether they are or not mm. planning to play. I think the only reason they wouldn't would be the um, the police getting involved, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm expecting it to be... I mean, Wolves travel to Chelsea and he gets played there. I know it's not a Black Country Derby, but it still gets mm. played. So, yeah, why not? Keen. Okay, keen. Um, one of Bellegarde or Ryan Nori starts on Sunday. Not keen. Not keen. neither of them. Not neither of them start. I don't think. Eight Nori, if he was able to, would be a perfect fit. But I just don't don't see it happening. Wolves draw one one, and win the replay five nil. Keen or not keen. You know what? I would be keen, actually. Oh, really? Keen? Only, be- only because of only because of that scoreline at Molyneux. If if you said to mm. me they won one nil or two nil, no, no, five, one one, then five nil. But then obviously they've got that record. It's over. It's over ten thousand days since the last one at the Hawthorns. Ah, I don't care. You don't care? Nah, still five nil. Yeah, I think I'll take that. Okay, okay. Um, let's take some questions from the beautiful people. Uh, David Evans says you're invited to go to Gary O'Neill's house for a networking buffet. You have been asked to bring a side. The ambition and quality of that side dish will determine if you get to keep your job. What side are you bringing? I thought this was an excellent question, by the way. It's a great question. question. Great question. More of those. Can can we very quickly, can we define what sides mean? Yeah, I I feel like you can't have a protein in the side. So not too much protein. You can't have, um, you know, a meat. I feel like something that's an accompaniment to a main part of something that's on your plate. Would I be able to say... Mm-hmm. That like a chips and dip does that count as a side? I was well, I was going to go down that line. Was one of my two options? So yes, yeah. Um, it's you got to specify where the chips and dip are, sweetie. Well, I'm uh, a mixture of different Doritos flavors. You've got cool original. You've got oh the no. hot ones, whatever they're called. Oh, Kino. And then flaming hot. Or oh, is that monster hot, I don't know. Mate, but... I don't know. Whatever the hot ones are, which are mm. probably my favourite ones, actually. Um, mm. And then, yeah, just a load of nice dips. <laughs> That's about it, really. So you've got to keep your job and you just bring, basically, so you're rocking up to Gary Neal's house 
with a mixture. You're not even having. You're not even separating the flavors. A mixture of Doritos no, 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 going no. into a separate, bowl. No, no, separate bags. I bring all the oh, bags. Okay. I'm just saying I'll have, yeah. I'm having all the flavors rather than just bringing one flavor. Is what I meant. So you're basically spending the best part of three quid to Gary O'Neill. No, it's probably about a fiver. Is it okay? Okay, congratulations. Big um, money. I'm I'm making ga- I'm making Gazla um, gone. I'm gonna make him. I'm gonna make him a five cheese mac and cheese. I almost. I genuinely almost said mac and cheese Stop as well. It. I swear Stop to God, it. I did. I was gonna say it, and I thought, oh, chips with some crumbs on top, some little bread crumbs on top. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make him that. Um, or I might go down the chips and dip line, but a little bit more elevated compared to you know the the the, the grossness of of Keen. And um, I'm gonna make him absolutely delicious, amazing. Um, well, I say I am the Mrs. Will, and then I'll I'll bring it. Um, guac guacamole and some beautiful tortilla chips, handcrafted. So little chips and guac. I've changed my mind. Somebody loves that. Arancini. Oh, Arancini. Yeah. Arancini balls. Yeah. Yeah, you love a little bit of that, don't you? Uh, right. Okay. Move on. Uh, here we go. Uh, any info on Enzo Gonzalez's progress within the squad? Says Wolves fan. Yeah. Someone else I did see had asked. Where 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 is he? He's not with the academy. Um, I don't mean I, I'm not genuinely not trying to be rude, but mm. this is, might have been covered about 15 million times now. Oh wow! And... Okay. <laughs> Fighting back. Keep on listening and watching, Wolves fans. Thanks very much to get absolutely blasted <laughs> by Kina. Genuinely, I, I, I'm shocked. There's still questions about it. Wow. Um, he's with Paraguay. He's under 23. I think um, mm-hmm. with they doing their Olympic qualification. He's been there for the last month or so. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Wolfpack says now Johnny Otto is likely to leave Wolves this season Ryan Nuri Bueno and Semedo all injury prone he says will Wolves look to add another fullback I mean Semedo's been injured this season uh, will Wolves look to add another fullback in the summer some big journalists uh, saying it so you haven't said it uh, saying a deal for Braga's <laughs> Rodrigo Gomez is aligned for the summer there's no need for that. Um, yeah, Smedo's not been injury prone at all since he's been at Wolves. He's had a one or two hamstring things, isn't he? I think, but he's never. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, never, he's never been injury prone. To be mm. fair, but anyway, yeah, mm. I understand the sort of point of the question. Um, yeah, Rodrigo Gomez is someone we spoke about a few, quite a few podcasts ago, actually, maybe four or yeah. five weeks ago, yeah. um, and it's someone they definitely like. Um, not aware of anything being agreed or set up for the summer but it's someone they're definitely aware of and like he's sort of a winger wing back sort of role so in this current system mm-hmm. if Gary Neal did keep this current system it seems like he would fit it quite well so I think it would be something Wolves would certainly look at it's, it's probably an area to to not a desperate area but some, an area to look at and address potentially going forward Reggie says if Neto regains his form he had pre-injury what's the minimum we'd accept for him in the summer It's tough, and it's tough to second guess. It's a guess. tough one. It's tough to second guess what Wolves would want. If if you ask me what I would want, I think it has to be another transfer record. So Nunez was fifty three. I think it has to be sixty minimum. I think, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the the question is if he regain if he regains and continues his form as well, which I think is a big part of the question. Yeah, you probably with that that context as well, you probably go a little bit higher than that. Um, pushing seventies, maybe. Uh, his age profile, the kind of player he is, the kind of explosive player he is. I think, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I would. Um, <clears throat> it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, I could see Pedro Neto going for around about the Nunes fee, but I would want ten to fifteen million pound more. 
Yeah, I think I think so. I think yeah, I think you have to try and get a bit more. Uh, Mathis Blinau Shamay. Wow, what a name! Amazing. Um, says, how do you describe this rivalry between Wolves and West Brom? Uh, and for you, the hostility is—is is it still there despite few matches in the 21st century? Yeah, it's, it has to still be there. It's—it's it's such a historic. I mean, they, they're two old clubs, two historic clubs. Um, it's uh, it's a rivalry that is has been massive for for any Wolves or Albion fan for pretty much their whole lives. I mean, you know, growing up a Wolves fan, you always get told of the rivalry and aware of the rivalry, rivalry, and then you have games against Albion, and if your Wolves fan, it maybe doesn't go too well, and and then you're even more aware of the rivalry. So, yeah, I still think it's a massive game, regardless, and I think everyone will will see that and realise that on. Um, on Sunday morning. Uh, Steve Wolf in Bristol says, looks like Ryan Giles is out at Luton. Should Wolves exercise their first dibs option to get him back? Yeah, I think the reports have been he's leaving um, on loan to Hull with a obligation to buy, I believe it is, mm. from what I've seen. Um, yeah, Wolves obviously had first dibs there. Absolutely no shock at all. The Wolves haven't taken that. Um, he's, he's not lit up the Premier League at Bruton, at uh, Bruton at Luton. Bruton. Um, they are Bruton, brutal. Uh, they are brutal, to be fair. Um, I quite like Bruton. <laughs> that's can't even just said that. It's terrible. Uh, uh, and Luton. Superb. Um, they are Bruton to watch. He hasn't, he hasn't lit it up at all there. Um, he's obviously a very good player and he's still fairly young, um, but did really well in the Championship. So I'm not shocked to see him go back there. I don't think it would be a priority for Wolves to bring, it, bring him back. I don't think Wolves mm. want to spend the money to bring him back. Uh, especially in the in the, the current situation, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Wolves also do have a sell on. Um, it's the sell on they've got is on the profit that is made from his mm-hmm. sale. How much Wolves sold him for, and how much Luton are selling him for? The figures are incredibly close. Mm. So Wolves are going to be making the tiniest bit of profit uh, off that, if at all. So yeah. it's not um, it's it's not going to be a big figure by any means. Yeah, uh, uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We're only a few days away. I'm so excited. Let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the sponsors, baby, and then we'll uh, we'll go on to the predictions for the big one, the Black Country Derby. Um, KellenToastman.co.uk, baby. Uh, warm light fan heater. It's flat. It's easy. I've actually got one. One second. You think I'm? You think I'm joking? One second. That's impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. I really am. I did not expect did, you to show that. Did you get that sent? Did they send you one as well? <laughs> they sent you one as well, didn't they? They sent you a freebie, <sighs> mate. I could. I couldn't even get a free air fryer when I was in the when I was in the store. Well, they said they said send it to Kino's house, and I'm like, I don't know. He's still living in the basement somewhere, isn't he? I well, don't know. Yeah, he hasn't true. moved in yet. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I am homeless, but we'll get there. <laughs> We'll get there. Um, how much, baby? How much for that? I mean, look, I'm toasty. I'm beautifully warm. I'm cosy. Uh, it took about a minute and a half for the, the room to fill up with warmth. How much are you talking? 50 quid. Less. 35. Less. 20? 10 English pounds, baby. 10 English pounds. That's all wow. you need. To kellentoastman.co.uk. Get yourself a, a, a wider range of, of heating and cooling products because you never know. Um, no, but no, 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 no wind resistant products. By the way, windy, 
windy at the moment. Windy. There's a lot of things that have been knocked out outside our house. The, par the parasol's gone. The the decking's gone. Um, the 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 butler's the butler's second quarters. That's all been blown down. Horrendous. All horrendous. All gone. It's poor from you, mate. Ready? Ready for some predictions? Let's do it. Um, what we're we giving away. Silence is Sil great for a podcast. Silence so is I'll, I'll good. Silence it. is good. Crikey. Silence is Crikey. good. I, 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 with it, the first thought that yeah. came to my mind, and then as soon as it came into my mind, I went, that's terrible. I can't do that. I was oh. going to say three of those heaters. <laughs> you don't want three, do you? <laughs> no, it's three. We'll give, we'll, give, we'll give away one heater. Um, do you want... I know you're going to be getting half and half scarf, aren't you? Mate, don't even... Don't even... I mean, we're we're traveling together. Surely someone's not selling half and half scarves at that game. No, 100%. Surely. 100%. 100%. No. There'll be someone there. 100%. No. I'll be gobsmacked if it's not. But oh, I'm, 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 I'm traveling to the game with you because you're scared of going on your own and you're scared you're going to get beat up. So I've got to, I've got to chauffeur you whether or, or, or potentially train job, depending on what we decide to do. Um, you're going to be tai chiing it. Oh, I've just really got the eight ball out, yes. Eight ball's ready, baby. Eight ball's ready for the main prediction. Okay, so we're doing a heater and a... Let's just do a home shirt. It's nice and easy. Okay, okay. Home shirt, they'll, they'll, and they'll, I'm, I'm assuming they'll be wearing that at uh, the Hawthorns anyway. They should be, if they're not Do wearing the, the home kit? kit, by the way. I, I like it, kit? yeah, but if they're not wearing the home kit, I'll be really annoyed. Oh, they've got to wear the home kit. Surely it's the classic, surely. Yeah. Okay. Surely. Um, I'll let you choose, so I'll go first. I'm going to say, I'm going to stick to my guns. This is what I've thought all week long. I'm not going to shirk on it now. West Bromwich Albion, one. Wolverhampton Wanderers, three. Three-one win. I'm going to go Wolves actually go up a little bit earlier than what people think, one nil. They make it two nil shortly after the break. Baggies pull one back at about the hour mark. Fans back in it. Wolves break away late on, finish it three one. Cunya in front of the in front of the Wolves fans. That sounds pretty good to me. I think <sighs> limbs. You're right there. <laughs> um it will come as no shock what my prediction yeah. is. Okay. Well wow. I mean, people probably nodded up when you were doing nodding off when you were doing it halfway through, to be honest. So Wow. Mm. West Bomb nil. Mm. Two. 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 Fairly comfortable. Goal in each half. Bish bash bosh. Should we see what the Magic 8 Ball has to say? Let's do it. That you can watch on Shots TV. You can watch us every single week, apart from next week, because we're doing it from Man United. Uh, by the <laughs> way, I'll say that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Will Wolves, you can say it. You say it to the Magic 8 Ball. Go on. You Will say yes Wolves the questions. beat West Bromwich Albion on Sunday? Oh, ho, 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 ho. I don't think I can... Can I? No, you can't see it. Can you can't see it really see it. Yes, definitely. Yes! I let's love go, that. Magic 8 The Magic 8 Ball knows what he's talking about, you lad. love to see it. I love that. Um, yeah, look, busy. Look, obviously, Sunday's going to be manic. Please, expressandstar.co.uk. There's so much stuff going on this week. There's so much stuff going on on Saturday. There's so much stuff going on on Sunday and Monday and all the reaction. Uh, me and Liam will be back for next Thursday. Uh, will be obviously Man United. It's going to be deadline day as well. So it's going to be a bit of an insane week. Uh, we'll then hopefully do the podcast, record it just audio about 1 a.m., midnight, 1 a.m. after the Man United game at Molyneux on Thursday. So that will be available in audio format. And then going forward after that, 
um, we'll be back on to watch. But of course, you can watch this episode, listen to it, whatever you do, just 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 embrace it. It's going to be magnifique on Sunday. I cannot wait. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. From me, from Liam, have a great week. Great week. I can't even, can't speak. I can't speak. What a sign off. Oh, I can't wait. Have a great like weekend. Brinson. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Through to the fifth round on Sunday. It's West Brom. It's Wolves. Have a good one. Take care. Be safe. Bye-bye. We are the wanderers in all gold and black. You better retreat because we're on the attack. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. We're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back.